0: Welcome back to Talk of the Bay. I'm your host, Rick Kleffel. Now we're going to speak with Laura Davis. She also teaches the Writer's Journey Workshops. These are weekly workshops for new and established writers. Thank you for joining me, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Laura, let's talk a little bit about um, the workshop format. Um, There's something I think that's really interesting that happens when a group of people, a a small kind of well-regulated group, as it were, it's a uh, get together and meet in this workshop format. Talk about how you create this and how you administer it as as a as a workshop leader.
1: Well, I, initially I have you know I, I have one day events and half day events, but then if someone wants a weekly class, I ask them to make a two month commitment initially, mm-hmm. so that there's some stability in mm-hmm. the group. Mm-hmm. And one of the most critical pieces that I bring, aside from you know, years of teaching writing and being a writer and uh, having lots of prompts and ideas and, and things I bring in mm-hmm. is really creating a safe environment. And one of the most critical pieces that I talk to everyone one about right away is confidentiality mm-hmm. that whatever gets said or written or shared in a writing group stays there. And often people, and, and myself included, will write things in a writing group that they might not confide in their spouse or their best friend because Mm -hmm. they're reading or sharing with a group of people who are not involved in their life. And they're not invested in the outcome and they don't know the characters. And there's, it's not like there's anonymity because, as you were just saying in the last half hour, there's an incredible community that gets formed between a group of writers mm-hmm. who gradually get to know each other. But there's a safety in being able to write something and knowing that you're not really accountable for the content of it. You get to share it, you have a, a group of people who are basically compassionate witnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach a couple different kinds of classes in the writing practice classes. There's no feedback whatsoever, Mm -hmm. so no one is going to critique you or comment on what you write. They're just going to receive it and listen and thank you for sharing it.
0: Now, is it done in the class? Do you say, okay, it's time to sit down and write, or do you say, bring something in prepared?
1: I do both. I have, Mm -hmm. in the writing practice classes, all the writing happens during the three hours each week that we meet, Mm -hmm. and I may come in with a particular theme um, you know, I, it might be last week we did a class. I had everybody initially make a list of all the goodbyes you've ever said mm-hmm. and you well, know it's not an interesting all the, you know, <laughs> and and maybe that was fifteen minutes uh-huh. and then we shared those lists, and then people stole ideas from each other and made their list longer and then I had them write in detail about several of those goodbye experiences. So, you know, that that's one thing. Another time it might be I might bring a bunch of poetry and we just write in response to the poems. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the class will be a little more oriented towards craft and teaching people how to make their writing more vivid mm-hmm. um, to come alive more, but often it's writing from personal experience, mm-hmm. so that's one kind of class, and in that class there's no feedback, and people do the writing right there and often people come because they intend to write, they want to write, mm-hmm. but they don't get to it mm-hmm. e- even that little uh, Lauren was talking in the last half hour about just what you could do in five or ten minutes, and mm-hmm. you could do a lot, but a lot of people can't even make that five or ten minutes so They know they have this three hours a week, this time that they know they're going to write. They're going to produce something. Um, The other classes are feedback classes, and Mm -hmm. those are more designed for people who are working on a a nonfiction book or a memoir or... Short stories or fiction, and then they are bringing work from home mm-hmm. for the express purpose of getting feedback to improve their writing so i I'd, I I'd, I'd like to keep those things separate
0: mm-hmm. well they're they're very separate now uh, if anybody out there is listening and has any questions for Laura Davis, our numbers here is four seven six twenty eight hundred or one 5877 and we're hoping to hear from somebody with questions for laura now laura let let's uh Talk uh, about the the non feedback classes first, mm-hmm. because I think this is a kind of a, a, a you know offers some continuity from from what Lauren was talking about, and I think uh, again what I'm struck by is the human need for story, and I think that we are our own stories, and, and if we one of the things I think that your kind of classes can do for us is to help us. Define ourselves, and words literally. When you sit down and write a journal definition, that's like the dictionary version. Me, noun.
1: Right. There's there's a difference between journaling. Journaling is an incredibly powerful mm-hmm. medium, as you you were covering in the first half of your show. Mm-hmm. Um, with writing practice, which is what I teach, there's a little bit more craft brought to it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're taking the same emotions or the same feelings or the mm-hmm. same experiences maybe you've gone through time after time after time, maybe for your whole life, mm-hmm. but you're giving them light and color and a story. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they begin to transform.
0: Well, talk about the aspects of craft that, that you teach. I mean, can can you teach writing? Is, it, is, that, a poss- is that possible?
1: <laughs> um, Yes, I think you can. um I think the most important things for an aspiring writer are to read. Mm-hmm. You learn a tremendous amount by reading good writing, mm-hmm. and no matter what you read for pleasure, you know, let's say you you're a genre reader, you like murder mysteries or um you read the newspaper or um anything it's It's also important to read good writing mm-hmm. writing that's really beautifully rendered. And you learn a lot from that. And when you're in a writing group, you are very influenced by the voices of everyone else in the circle. Mm -hmm. And part of the process is finding your own voice. And often in that process is some period of imitation. Mm -hmm. Um, You listen to someone else and you think, wow, why is that person's writing? Why do I feel awake when I listen to that? What grabs me about it? And it might be that the person uses a lot of vivid sensory detail. So Mm -hmm. instead of talking about something in generalities, um, they give you moment by moment what happened. And it's a willingness often to go back into an experience and relive it so that you could tell it from what you smelled, what you tasted, uh, what you saw, actual Mm -hmm. little bits of dialogue. And gradually you begin to incorporate more of that into your writing. Another thing I often tell people is slow down. You don't have to tell the whole story in twenty minutes or thirty minutes. Focus on one aspect and go really, really deep into it. Sometimes, if you just describe someone's hand deeply enough, you'll give give us the whole person.
0: That's, uh, I think, the Proust effect, eh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those those damn nine hundred page Madelines. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever thought a. cookie could turn the size of a brick.
1: (laughs) The other thing I like is I I like putting beginners Mm -hmm. and experienced writers together. Mm -hmm. So the beginner has that beginner's mind. They're they're just willing to do just about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, They're open. They want to learn. They don't feel they have to be good at it right away. Although sometimes... Pe- that's an obstacle for people. Mm-hmm. And the experienced writers often, um, let's say I've had a lot of people come in who maybe they've been a technical writer or they've been writing for business or they've been in the academic world and they've lost their creative voice. Mm-hmm. And so they want to develop a different kind of writing voice. Mm-hmm. And when you put those people together, the ones who are very experienced are role models for the the ones who are new. And the new ones have that freshness and aliveness that can enliven the people maybe who've been writing the same old thing forever.
0: You know, one of the things you uh, said that struck me, I think, and it is very, very helpful, is uh, is imitation. And I think it's a – in my experience, I think it's always a really good idea to find a writer you like Mm -hmm. and and to literally just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to rip off the first chapter of Kurt Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle because it's the best thing in the entire universe. And, of course, you can never do that. But I think in the process of doing that, what happens is I think in in the process of imitation, you don't end up ever imitating. You end up finding yourself. That's right.
1: The other thing I I always encourage people is to say that writers all have – not just writers but people. We all have obsessions. Mm -hmm. And I tend to write about food a lot, for instance. And I write a lot about my children and being Mm -hmm. a parent. Um, And other people might come in and write a lot about their hometown or the area of the country they grew up, where they grew up. Uh, Someone may come in who's just had a a death of someone close to them. And the first year or two they're in the workshop, that may be all they write about. Mm -hmm. And our obsessions have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people feel like, oh, I should have been done with that already. Mm -hmm. But often you could just go deeper and deeper into it. And until you're finished, you're not really going to be free to write other things.
0: So you you're, you suggest that what are are we follow our obsessions till 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 we come out the other side and find out and, and find not our obsessions but rather ourselves. That's right. So talk about um, the kind of uh, uh, craft. Craft is 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 something that you can learn and you can teach. Where do you go as a teacher? To, to look at teaching craft. I mean, who? what kind of models do you look at? Are strunk and white, the Chicago no, no, manual I don't, style? I'm not, I'm
1: not a grammar teacher or an English teacher in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that's not really my strength. I think my strength is, Melville. <laughs> is helping people find their voice. And also, h- how do you tell a story? Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, I, I te- do a lot of teaching about memoir, mm-hmm. and just because you lived it doesn't mean it's really going to be a good story. You have to make it into a story. Mm-hmm. You have to find the story within your life experience. And mm-hmm. you have to figure out what what are the dramatic parts? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the parts that have suspense? How can you draw out the suspense? How do you create a narrative arc where a story has a beginning, a middle and an end? Um, it may have the same basic material in it, but it's learning how to shape it in a way that mm-hmm. someone else is going to be interested besides just you and maybe your immediate family.
0: Well, we'll talk. I think one of the the key aspects of of any uh, writing craft is revision, and, and this is is very tough for some people because they feel that what has poured off the tip of their pen right. is by virtue of having been poured off the tip of their pen. Perfect.
1: I think, I think that people learn to write in the process of revision, mm-hmm. and students are very reluctant to accept that. And people often, I have a lot of people who come in, they just want to bring a first draft every time. This is in the feedback class. Mm -hmm. They just want to bring something new. And I really try to encourage them to continue working on the same chapter or the same story or the same one page until it is so polished mm-hmm. uh, that it just sings off the page. Because what they'll learn in that process, then they can apply to the whole rest of the novel or the memoir. Or, But you have to be willing to revise and, and go back over and over and over again. And, and sometimes they, I remember we used to call it um, killing your babies. You know, mm-hmm. we have these beautiful lines and these incredible paragraphs and these phrases that you just love, but... The piece is too long, or you said it better somewhere else, or you could only say, and then you have to keep, you have to be willing to put it out, and you have to be willing to tear it down.
0: Talk about that process. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the feedback classes. Um, this, uh, again, can be tough for some people. And, and so, talk about your process as a moderator to, you know, help people learn how to express how they feel about other people's writing in a manner that enables those people to improve their craft and improve their skill.
1: It's very important because I've had many 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 students come to me and one word of negative feedback or a college class where they got torn their piece got torn up. They haven't written in 20 or 30 years and mm-hmm. they're just trying to get the courage to come back to it. So it's very important that feedback be given in a supportive and respectful way. So the first thing I encourage people to do is figure out what you like about a piece Mm -hmm. and always start with what's working. Um, The other thing is that I ask my writers to ask for the kind of feedback they want. So Mm -hmm. let's say you've just written something that's really raw and close to your emotions. That's not a time to get a lot of um, concrete feedback. That's a time <laughs> to be told, keep going, this is really alive, um, you know, keep, just encouragement mm-hmm. at that point. You need to have some distance from the material in order to be able to start getting the kind of feedback that is maybe more like um, this mother character doesn't really come to life for me or she seems too two-dimensional Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted. I want to see her more as a human being. Or uh, this dialogue would come to life more. It feels disembodied. You need to put it in a place. These people having this conversation need to be somewhere. I need to see where they are and what they're doing while they're having this conversation. Uh, but people come in and they they ask for the type of feedback they want. So mm-hmm. if someone's working on their eighth draft of something and they're about to send it out for submission they're going to want very fine editing mm-hmm. someone who's more at the very beginning might have just one question they want to know does this character work
0: is there is there a story
1: here is there a story here or you know uh what's unnecessary mm. or where does the story start did i start it in the right place and we try to give them the feedback they're asking for instead of everything else we might think about the piece because that becomes just overwhelming mm-hmm. um
0: You know, one of the things that it strikes me, the real benefits of the kind of seminars, especially a feedback seminar you're talking about, is that uh, I think every writer's greatest enemy is their own inner critic. And when you learn to express critical uh, feedback to somebody else, what you're really doing is learning to begin a, di- a profitable, helpful dialogue with the, you know, the devil sitting on your left shoulder.
1: I've never thought about it that way. I like that idea.
0: Now, um, when you when you have these kind of uh, uh, dialogues with your with your um, students, uh, talking about, uh, say, the um, the you know the, the real basics of plot and stuff. Are are there some kind of like uh, more out? I guess uh, what I'm looking, the word uh, kind of outlines some some. Uh, m- I guess meta meta approaches to to like telling a story, that that you know allow us to like get around. The basics of what is a plot? What is what? What is it in a piece of prose that makes this character be a character and not just a, a bunch of words shouting at me from the page? Well,
1: I think I think a couple of things that are important. One in terms of a character is that what's really interesting are kind of the quirky details about someone, mm-hmm. um, some little unusual gesture someone makes, or mm-hmm. the way they um, cook an egg and eat it in the morning, or you know the way they lay back against over the bed and have Murine put in their eye every afternoon or mm-hmm. some little detail can give you so much more so we're really interested in the specificity of people mm-hmm. not the general and uh, you know i think the thing that falls flat for me often is when someone is a villain just a villain mm-hmm. you know just like the bad the abusive father or the um someone who is just purely evil mm-hmm. I- i'm always interested in what else was that person
0: well the idea the thing is is that There are lots of people out there in this world that I would consider fairly purely evil, and none of them think they're evil at all. They think they're the good guys. (laughs) I mean, they think they're just helping this world uh, one after another, and no matter how much they blow stuff up or how many problems they cause. I think that's one way to get into a, a, a bad guy is to understand why they don't think they're so bad at all.
1: I just think people are much more interesting when they're complex and multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing about a story is things have to happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could write a beautiful piece of writing that's just evoking a place or a mood uh, or an emotion, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not a story mm-hmm. necessarily. And, you know, I'm not – I don't um, I don't think having a goal with your writing is any better than not having a goal. I mean, mm-hmm. writing just for self-expression or for personal healing um, or – because it just makes you feel good or because it helps clarify your thinking or to vent. Those are all absolutely valid reasons to write. And that's no better or worse than someone who has a goal of, I want to write a novel or mm-hmm. I want to write a memoir. I want to. Those are both really important reasons to write. And some people, that's all they do. They just want writing as a self-expressive tool. And other people really are more invested in learning how to
0: craft it. I think we're talking that some people are Henry Darger and <laughs> some, some people are Herman Melville, yeah. <laughs> and whether and Darger is more comprehensible than Melville, well, that's a that's a good that's a toss up. Um, I, I'd like you to talk about um, the the other side of, of what you do is uh, some you know the um, the more writing as as therapy. And so t- tell us about how you approach your classes where you're where you want to really try to help people get past events in their lives or at least wrap their brains around them.
1: Well, I always stress that my classes are not therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean that writing is very therapeutic, mm-hmm. but it's not therapy. We don't spend any time talking about the subject matter. You know, if someone comes in and writes about I mean, we we're talking about cancer before. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last half hour, and I'm a, I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, I, I have had a lot of people dealing with illness, for instance, come mm-hmm. to my classes. Um, I, and I've written books on healing from sexual abuse. So I, I tend to have sometimes people come who know that about, know that part of my life mm-hmm. and part of my writing history, and they come and they have a history of abuse behind mm-hmm. them. But we don't. We're not processing the events, Mm -hmm. but the writing itself can be therapeutic. I've often had people come to me and say, "You know, until I joined your when I joined your class, I had to go to therapy because so much started to come up." Mm -hmm. And I've had other people come and say, "I came to your class and I quit therapy because this is better."
0: (laughs) Well, I think that uh, a lot of this uh, comes down to this uh, process that that we pretty much know is uniquely human is this idea of forming thoughts in our head and translating them into language. And I think that um, ourselves, each of ourselves is just a, a, a rattling wave uh, wavefront of language that, you know, courses through our, our tiny brains. And what what the real benefit of writing is to Give that some kind of order and to to and I was saying this earlier to to lauren to to nail it down so that you when you ha- understand this part of yourself it it doesn 't keep shifting and, and, and bothering you you know it's like a, it 's like i 'd rather have the butterfly under the glass than fluttering around my head
1: and I know for me you know and i think i 've seen this in my students as well, there are some subjects i 'm just written out about Mm-hmm. I really don't want to write about them anymore because I've written about them for years Mm -hmm. and years and years. And I'm really done. And uh, maybe I could create some fiction out of it or something else. But, I mean, in terms of using writing as a tool to process something, there are certain Mm -hmm. things I just am finished writing about. Mm -hmm. Um, One one exercise that I've really enjoyed doing with people is to take an event that maybe was traumatic Mm -hmm. uh, or an event where – they were disempowered or they didn't have any power at the time, and to rewrite that event, giving themselves a resource they didn't have at the time.
0: Mm, That's an interesting notion. You know,
1: either an inner resource or someone who came along and was there for them who wasn't in real life, so that they could actually write the story and it has a different ending. And and that almost, you know, I believe that 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 creates a different pathway in the brain Mm -hmm. and we could start to hold that experience differently. Uh, Because you know i i don 't think it's good to just it, to write in a way where it keeps perpetuating you in a particular role, mm-hmm. like I was victimized, and then you keep writing about it and writing so I always try to encourage people to find the place where they could start to regain some power
0: now this sounds like um uh, uh, the bridge where you make the decision and it's i guess it's got to be a conscious decision i 'm no longer writing nonfiction. I'm writing fiction. I think that's a that's a much much bigger decision than it at first appears to be.
1: Well, and sometimes you're 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 going back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I teach memoir and a lot of times what people um their hesitation is but I don't there's so much I don't remember. And uh I certainly have that problem after having gone through chemotherapy, but um there are ways to write about the things you don't remember. And to make it as interesting as the things you do remember, in other words, you could write around the holes in your memory mm-hmm. and create a pretty compelling narrative.
0: well, you can just make stuff up that's I mean, well, you, know, and you that, can
1: make it up in a memoir you have to you have to be really clear about mm-hmm. what you're doing. You make a contract with the audience uh-huh. with your readers, and if they think it's true and it's not true, they're going to be really, really pissed off at you
0: I think we've seen that, yeah, uh, we sure <laughs> seen have. that uh, more often than not um. I've been speaking with Laura Davis. She's uh, Her website is lauradavis.net, and she's running the Writer's Journey Weekly Workshops for New and Established Writers. Thank you for joining me, Laura.
1: You're welcome. Um, and if you come up on the website, there's a, a free report there about how to write a great first line.
0: Oh, that sounds great. I And we all know the first line is what absolutely pulls you in. That's right. Call me Ishmael. <laughs>